Good evening and welcome to Nox Mente. Tonight's guest is James James Alfred, the blogger from Sage Sigma Unbound and a promoter of the Hattie Bob material and some great work on Laurel Canyon. James, welcome to the show. Welcome, James. Yeah, thank you, Nish. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate the uh, invite. Anytime. Sorry, I had to. We, I had, had, a cough there. we had a little Zoom <laughs> trouble getting in here tonight, but it's all good now. <laughs> Live as it goes. So let's um let's jump right in. James, would you um give us a little a little bit of a background on your early inner life? So the earliest things you can recall that inspired you or stick out as far back mm. as you can recall. Well, um, I would say, you know, uh, my mom was a big Stephen King fan back in the day. So Does I that would, mean you uh, were not? I mean, I, I got into it, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. I was reading things like, you know, It, <laughs> uh, The Stand, cool. you know. Oh, I love The Stand. Yeah. You know, things that were a little bit, I don't know, a little bit more different than what everybody else was reading. Yeah. Um, so I think that was, you know, more or less kind of where I got into it. Um, also, uh, my father was a big fan of uh, In Search of the Old uh, Leonard Nimoy. Oh, be still in heart. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. In Search of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of being exposed to like, you know, Bermuda Triangle, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, UFOs. I mean, I don't know. Those are all things that were early in my life and kind of... Uh, opened me up to a little bit different perspective, I guess, than majority of people maybe would have experienced at that time period. Did you, uh, were you, did you have a more of a rural life or were you in, in the city? What was your landscape like? Uh, landscape would have been like a town of about 60 to 80,000 people, nothing too extravagant, but uh, I mean, Midwestern, I grew up in Wisconsin. Um, not a lot of, uh, grew up as a Lutheran, mm -hmm. not very a lot of, Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm kind of the Midwest Protestant, uh, mm -hmm. a lot in terms of different cultural values and whatnot. So, you know, things like that, you know, like a Stephen King book or Leonard Nimoy at the time, you know, that was like a little bit different than what everybody else was kind of paying attention to. So, and I was attracted to it. So. Did you in in this this period of time when you were being exposed to more of the um, the fringy stuff, which you know Leonard Nimoy's show is about, and all the good stuff Stephen King was writing, were you at all having dreams that were affected by these things? Do you remember any early dreams? 
Uh, yeah, you know, I was, one of the things that I was thinking about before this was um, there was like an experience. Uh, I feel like I was in a crib. Hard to explain, but I feel like I had a fever. Um, was lying there, and there were like all these little two to three inch green grayish figures running around in the crib. I, I seem to like recall even like there being like a slide or something like that. And then I remember, um, you know, like a light popping in, mom and dad coming in and checking in on me. But I've, I've always kind of recalled that kind of uh, odd memory, whatever it was. Maybe it was a dream. Maybe it was like reality. I mean, at this point, I, you know, that could have very well have been like some sort of a bleeding between realities and this reality. I have no idea at this point. But um, that was like one of the first memories I have of like kind of an odd experience and that would have been long before Stephen King or long before getting involved with the, um, you know in search of or file three force or whatnot but that that would have been uh, one of the first memories I have in terms of like a, a dream and I recall it very vividly and this is one of the first things that I was going to mention tonight when we was it did it did it have a scary vibe to you or were you intrigued by it Intrigued. It wasn't scary. It was just, you know, I mean, I, I would almost say that the closest thing I can think of is like maybe in Star Wars, the first, uh, you know, the 1977, 78, when they have that chess match, clay match, where those figurines are like running around and, you know, Luke Skywalker and, and whatnot are like looking at that. I mean, that was long before I even saw the film. But I, when I saw that moment in that Star Wars film, I always thought about that, that scene in the crib that I had. I have no idea, you know, no idea what to think about that. It could have been hallucination. It could have been, God knows what, you know, when you're like two, three years of age and you have a fever. I just, I just recall that. Yeah. I got the but definitely wasn't scary. It was not a scary moment. Yeah. Well, it's part of what all this is about. Is it? I mean, it, we don't. You know, it, your memories and your dreams are. Uh, you know, they kind of go hand in hand. They're both intangible in the end, and yet there's they can be so poignant and significant. When you were, mm -hmm. um, so, did you have in Wisconsin? It's hard. I know this because I grew up in the area. So for me, this mm -hmm. was. It just seems obvious. But did you have a relationship with the natural world around you? Or were you more inside? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I grew up close to what they call a marginalist area. Mm -hmm. It was basically, uh, the area I grew up in is called the Drifts, and the, the uh, spot in Wisconsin that the Ice Age did not impact. So there's this idea that the glaciers didn't move far enough south. And so all of this area around this area that I grew up with it's um, untouched and it's very antique and it's very, uh, very, very old. So I grew up on a, near a hill called Indian Hill and Indian mm -hmm. Hill was allegedly a spot that had a lot of Native American uh, activity. There were bodies that were buried um, and they were found by archeologists and whatnot. And there were a lot of effigy mounds and mm -hmm. burial mounds and whatnot. So um, yeah, that was very close to where I grew up. So I, you know, I don't know if that had anything to do with me, but uh, definitely it was like, it, it felt a little bit spiritual, but at the same time, I, you know, I'm just a Western male. I, you know, I, 
I can't speak to it, but it all, I always felt close to that area when I grew up. Did you have, um, yeah, there, I, I do. I, um, those, those temples, the pyramids at Atsalan in, in Wisconsin are remarkable. The energy there, sure, sure. Yep. um, you know, them, of course, um, did you have any kind of, at this age, young you with this kind of stuff going around with Stephen King and, um, Lennon on my in search of, and all this great stuff in these mounds and having a sense of, of the energy on the land. Did you find yourself at all feeling, um, having a deeper sense of what's outside of you? Maybe the spirit world, the spirit realm, other dimensions. How concrete was that um, line you for you? I mean, to be honest, I mean, I was always at peace in this area. Like I just felt it was very serene, very uh, relaxing. I mean, the only thing I can think of was there was a moment, and I don't know if this is a dream. I mean, I feel like it was a dream. I feel like this was something I actually witnessed mm -hmm. uh, on this park that I was at. Remember, like, it was basically, it's a hill, so it's like overlooking a marsh. And I remember seeing, like, this skinless pink pig in the middle of the marsh. And I remember Ooh. looking at it and staring at it. And the thing looked at me. And I was trying to figure out, you know, what the hell it was. And this thing suddenly, like, lunges at me. And it just sprinted towards me. And I was, I got on my little bike. And I remember biking away from it. And this thing charging up the hill before I the bike and, like, ran off. But it never came up and, like, materialized itself. So that was the only you know, ill thought about moment when it came to that park. Um, so it's, it's funny, actually, uh, as life would have it, I ended up being back there uh, with my girlfriend, who was eventually my wife, you know, 20 years later. And I had a really nasty experience on the same uh, area. Didn't involve a pig, but it, uh, I don't know. It, it, I would say when I was growing up, I never had a negative experience. It was always very peaceful, serene, outside of like this very random pig, white pig thing that was like flying towards me. But can you share the experience that happened twenty years later? If if you don't want to, that's fine. Also, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh no, no, no! It was um, it was a dream that I had. Um, the apartment complex that she was actually living in. I remember as a kid that um, young boy of uh that lived close to us who was like uh, a little bit uh mentally challenged he was he was raped in this uh apartment complex by an older man so i always had that in the back of my oh. mind um but yeah she and she ended up moving here from oregon um and we were dating and whatnot and so i had this this crazy dream where i think i was like on top of her and i was kissing her and she has this look of in the back of her eyes she's like staring up towards light like what's going on you know and uh she's like yeah and something like flung me up that threw me up against the wall and i remember screaming at her um, typically with dreams for me i don't i would say 99 percent of the time i don't dream of real situations it's always like kind of a odd surreal spot but, um, mm -hmm. there have been a couple of ones where you actually are like in a real life environment 
that was one that uh, was pretty crazy where I just remember being flung off the bed and this presence being there and I couldn't tell exactly what was throwing me off the bed. But remember being like kind of curled up against the wall and screaming at uh, my future wife to run away. So, oh, wow. The, the, I mean, wow. that would be the only and- experiences. Anyways, yeah, that, that's those significant. Were my that in that area, you kind of—I don't know if you're roboting for Jerry, but you're roboting for me a little bit. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, yeah, it's higher bandwidth. I—I I mean, I don't know what it would be. Uh, yeah, it's coverage usually. Um, that's intriguing, though. In the same spot, and then twenty years later, and then the both experiences are so fantastical that <laughs> the skinless pig. Wow. Um. I love this stuff. All I so, could think about was like the, the stories of humans being genetic experiments of apes plus pigs, you know, put together. Yeah. And also, Jerry, I was wondering, like, with the, um, any just lore in the area, if there was like, um, you know, the Jersey Devil and Jersey. I don't know what kind of crazy stuff they have in Wisconsin like that. I don't know either. Uh, probably like Dogman kind of thing or Sasquatch. Yeah, Dogman. Yeah, well, uh, I would say uh, Linda Howell, I think her name is. Uh, she's, Linda uh, Moulton Howell. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She's over by um, Milwaukee area. But she's written about a couple Oh, that's of right. She lives up there. I, forgot. Um, I thought she lived in New Mexico. Strange. Or not Linda Howell. It's uh, she's the one that wrote The Beast of uh, Bray Road. Um, oh, oh Linda, different Linda. Okay, sorry. Not Linda Moulton. Never mind. Um. But yeah, she she kind of uh, documented a couple of things. There was actually an experience here about uh, 30 miles north of me, like a Batman slash Mothman experience where <gasps> there were a couple of people that were driving down the highway and this thing swooped down, started to scream at them. Um, kind of veered towards the windshield, veered back up, and then both of them got out and started like vomiting violently. Um, and that was like, I don't know, like 12 years ago something like that I, I mean to get out there and like take photographic area but um yeah so i, I think I i'm familiar i think i heard that maybe she was on a show and she i heard it from you know her or something i feel like i've i've been familiar with that information okay it's weird i know in the up they have the i, I married a, a man from the up and they called the it was kind of like a their sa- their version of sasquatch was the hodunk <laughs> Yeah, the hodunk. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's so like the name just still cracks me up. It always seems so um, hilarious. Um, okay, so let's get on that. Where are you? So you you were brought up kind of you know standard Lutheran for the area. Were you? Was it? Was it anything that you were like severely into, or was it just kind of the casual Lutheran? Um, imagery that's in the background mostly for Wisconsin and Iowa. Were you guys serious Lutherans? Yeah, I mean, it was basically, um, I mean, we were up until six, when I was in sixth grade and my brother was in uh, third. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just kind of grew up that you didn't have to necessarily go to confession. Yeah. You didn't have to go to, uh, you know, a ritualized religious situation or like God, it was always 
Did you, so, and did at any point, oh, I'm sorry, your real, it's hard because I never know when you're stopping because you're roboting. Yeah, you're cutting in and out. That's what she means. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I don't know what that is, though. And so I think it's, you're it's finished slou- saying slouching. something. That's probably why. Sit up straight, James. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have you back? Uh, I think so. Okay, cool. Did you, so are you still, do you have any kind of, the only reason I ask about religion is because how, how it it does play into our dreams and our, you know, our, our underpinning of who we are. Mm -hmm. So that it's relevant in that sense. Are you still practicing Lutheran? Did you transform into something else? Where are you on the spiritual spectrum these days? Um, I would have to go with, um, I feel like I'm uh, a Gnostic at this point in time. Mm-hmm. I, um, kind of been digging into that material. Uh, yeah. And like, body, some Camatria. I don't oh, know if yeah. something that resonates with that with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the Lutheran idea. I know Martin Luther was allegedly this, you know, rebel rock star back in the day, whatnot. Um, but at the same time, the guy thought, you know, the devil was possessing his intestines and it was causing him constipation. So, I mean, <laughs> were you enraged? Uh... Uh, did you like, were you a churchgoer at that point when you were a kid or? Uh, my, my mom made us go. Yeah. Up until sixth grade. And then, uh, she lost her father. The church kind of abandoned her off, off of that. So, gotcha. um, we didn't have to go after that. So <laughs> it's one of those, you know, you got money. That's the exact same thing that happened to me. I think when my mom's dad died and she stopped going and my dad stopped going eventually, we all stopped. Going. Sure. Yep. It was a beautiful thing. Yeah. It seems very American to me in a way. <laughs> it's like it a lot of people get it real early on and then like parents with their kids get it like early on, and then they kind of let you do your thing. Sure. Um, okay. So let's talk some dreams. So in your, in the way you experience dreams at, at current at least, or predominantly, what do they look like? It is, and I'm looking for like, um, all of the stuff, like, do you experience, do you, are you able to read, color, sound, black and white? What are they, the general way that, what's the general way that all plays out for you? Uh, generally, it's like in a, a place that I'm not aware of. It'll be in an environment, may have a situation where, you know, something happens. I don't recognize the environment. Um, it'd be things falling out of the sky towards me. Um, a common dream that I'll have is that I'm standing in somebody's driveway or on a sidewalk at night. And I'm looking at the stars and the stars start to kind of rotate towards me. Or I might be looking up in the middle of the sky and there'll be lasers and Ooh. like a sense of dread or whatnot, you know, things that are going to happen. Um, I would say that's 99% of the time. Um, just their color, um, but typically they're in a situation or environment that I'm not aware of. You know, it's just kind of fabricated. Are you able, do you encounter text and are you able to read it? Um, no, you know, that's interesting because, um, yeah, you know, one of the things that I shared with you both earlier was that uh, my wife and I, we adopted a little girl. Um, last August, um, 
and we brought her back to Wisconsin. She was adopted out of Utah. And I had this situation where like the uh, guardian angel of her in a dream like showed up. It was just this radiant light. Oh, wow. Um, and it was like brilliant. And it was like, I, I remember it very vividly being on the top of the staircase that goes up to the second floor of our house. And thinking, you know, my first question was, does she love us? And this thing responded, you know, whatever this thing was, was she loves you. She loves your wife and she's always going to love you. And um, I remember thinking, you know, just being blown away by that. And then she was like, well, but I cannot tell you what's on the other side. Can't tell you what's on the other side of the veil. I'm like, well, you don't Mm -hmm. have to. And she was, she was like, well, you know, can't tell you what, what happens outside of, you know, this arena of materiality or whatnot. And I just, I don't know. And I, I remember there was like a passage there that she was like trying to show me. And I, I just, I can't remember like what the text was. So when it gets back to like text, I, I have a terrible memory when it comes to. Dude, that was your escape route she was showing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember like telling my wife right away, I was like, well, Maybe she saw the bookcase because I have a lot of books that have like to do with whatnot, you know, Manly P, uh, Palmer, uh-huh. Palmer, you know, Jacques Vallée and all these guys. And I don't know, it was, it was pretty intense. It was the, one of those dreams that actually, uh, she started crying when I told her that. Can you give us, do you, do you mind giving us the whole dream in its entirety that you recall? Um, yeah, the, I mean, as far as the dream was, I remember I was at the top of the stair, and again, it was, I mean, one out of every 99 dreams actually happens in a situation that I recognized, and it was at the top of our stairs in our house, and our little girl was at the top of the stairs, and she started talking to us, and obviously, she was like a month old at the time, so that didn't make any sense, and then suddenly, this brilliant light manifested out of nowhere. And I think it was blonde or I don't recall, but it was just this brilliant light that came towards us and said, it's like, well, she loves you. Um, and I was like, well, she, does she love both of us? You know, I, and I don't know if this is like some conscious doubt about having adopted a little girl. Mm-hmm. And she was, she said that, or it, whatever it was, it said that loves you very much. She'll always love you. And then she kind of had this little smirk on her face, and, but I cannot tell you what's on the other side of the veil. I cannot, I can't tell you what's going on. And I was like, and I kind of felt defensive. I was like, well, I never asked you that. I didn't, I, I wasn't like <laughs> trying to pry into it. I was just asking you if this little girl loved us. And then it kind of like manifested away or kind of, I don't know. It was, it and was a that was hard. the end of it? And that was the end of it. Yeah. There was nothing else other than that. And what, and so on the details of her, what, what do you recall exactly? So you said kind of blondish and like radiant light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like beautiful. I mean, I feel like, I mean, it was like a blonde and maybe I have a, I don't know. I, I probably have a predisposition towards blonde. So, I mean, I You're probably in Wisconsin, it's was, still the land of blondes. And gingers. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's where I'm from. So whatever it was, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there was like a quantum, you know. Yeah. Right. Like whatever I witnessed, I manifested it into like an observation that made sense to me. But 
I mean, it was a lot of light. I remember that. It was like a brilliant light. There was so much light. I felt so much love. It was like a very serene, very passive, very peaceful moment. So um, this light actually had a quality that that moved beyond the visual. You were actually feeling a warmth and energy from it. Oh, yes. Yep. Definitely. Yes. Um. So I find that that's significant too. And did were you able to folk? Did she have a form? So because the image I'm getting right now is just is I'm trying to I'm trying to compile this in my head. Was was there a form or was she more light body? Um, you know, it was when it came down to it. I would say it was more of a a blot of light, maybe upper torso. Mm-hmm. You know, finally tried to figure out what exactly I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't like there was a, it, was, it wasn't like a human being was like sitting at the top of the stairs. It was definitely a light. It was a, it was a lot of light and it was very peaceful. Um, you know, I, I've never had that kind of dream before. And I honestly haven't had it since I've never had like, you know, what people want to believe about guardian angels and that I've never encountered anything that might potentially be my guardian angel, but just remember mm-hmm. pretty vivid experience and did you happen to see that movie that was on netflix um i think it was late last year called uh the dark song i did not or no. a, a dark song it might still be on there it's interesting it's about um the abramellum uh, ritual which uh, is one where you can contact your guardian angel Hmm. I'm, I'm not seeing it. And that's like based on actual. Actual magic, yeah. Is that based on actual. Uh, is it, just, uh, it is yeah, it's, based on it's, actual ritual? I don't know if it's a Nakian. I think it's a Nakian magic that they're doing. Or Solomonic, whatever you want to call that. But like, yeah, apparently it's very mm-hmm, true to form mm-hmm. from what people have told me. It's a good movie. It's a really interesting movie. I mean, it's, it's not that good movie, but it's good from a magic sense because you get it. You get a real feel for what goes, what you go through doing a magical ritual like that. Make sure you link that in Discord. Chat. Yeah, I will. I will. Sorry. So on on this again, I just want to get get a little more out of this dream. When she said that I can't, so even though you didn't ask this question, she let was leading that I can't tell you what's beyond the veil stuff. Yeah. Was there um, anything significant in was she? looking in a direction was there anything else than those words coming at that particular moment um that would have been something symbolic or a clue no it was just more of a smirk i mean it was kind of a like a knowing smirk your little girl loves you yeah little girl and and i like i said i i didn't ask what was on the other side of the bell i just all I want to know in this dream. That's is, what you know, I find just, intriguing uh, here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, yeah, well, that's what's extra person. intriguing here is that she gave that information and you did not ask it. And so that seems very um, important to me. That's, that's a fantastic, that's a first for us on the show. That's great. Huh? Um, okay. So, and then that also kind of addressed that address. So color and also you get, so you, through even this one dream gave us the sense of color and the sense of um, the warmth, you know, tactile stuff, this um, almost 
when you're describing that light, you were experiencing warmth and acceptance. And so you've got this other dimension of emotionality happening. That's, mm -hmm. that's, um, that's kind of the stuff I'm looking for. Do you experience black and white dreams? You know, I was thinking about that. Um, the only black and white dream I actually had was a, a Batman film. I remember, oh, I mean, this I'm is a big awesome. Batman guy. So <laughs> I, remember, I remember watching uh, a Batman film in my dreams where he was on some sort of a building and it was black and white. And I remember him taking on somebody and just, you know, destroying this villain. And just remember like, you know, yeah, like, you know, go Batman, go, or whatever you want to say. Um, but that's, uh, I mean, that's the only black and white dream I can recall was just having an experience with like this Batman character and watching this movie. Um, I don't know. But typically I would say most of my dreams are in color. I would say that. So your Batman dream, what period of yeah, your life was that? Uh, that would have been, I don't know, five, six years ago, maybe after. So um, more contemporary. It's not yeah, way back. Uh, no, no. And, you know, to be, I mean, I should, you know, fair warning. When I went to the first uh, Christopher um, Knowles, um, is it Christopher Knoll? Christopher Nolan. Secrets of the Sun. Or, or sorry, uh, the first uh, Batman film with... Uh, Oh, Nolan, Christopher Nolan. Oh, Christopher Nolan. I mean, I did, you know, I cried, you know, a times. You know, growing up as being a Batman guy, you're just whatever. But um, he did a yeah, really good job did. with it. I, I, you know, yeah. Did, I liked it a lot. But, did you uh, know that um, I got a funny Batman story too? I'll tell you later. Did you know that I'm pretty sure that Nathan Crowley was worked on uh, Nolan's crew in that? I think he's a descendant of Alistair Crowley. Elster. Sure, sure. Well, that makes sense. I mean, um, I've been meaning to write about this, but that whole DC rebirth mythos. I mean, if you read the first five, six pages, I mean, that's filled with probably so much. Amazing. I've been trying to catch up on some of the new Mar Marvel shows I've been putting out, and the DC mm -hmm. ones like Krypton. The Krypton ones just crazy. But but yeah, you yeah, can just no, totally it's... see all this esoteric background going on. Oh yeah, I mean you. You're talking about like seven seven sevens. You're talking about uh, mm -hmm. the tree of the Sephiroth. Um, you're looking at the lightning mm -hmm. flash of creation. I mean, and that's in like five pages. So those guys, <laughs> they know what they're they know what they're writing about. Have you seen the show Legion yet? Uh, you know, we watched the first two, three, and uh, liked it. But yeah, we just didn't keep up with it. But remember, like there being a kind of a weird alien that was. It's not an alien. It's a no. uh, it's a psychic <laughs> entity that attaches itself to him. Huh? Yeah, he's supposed to be like the most powerful mutant. Yeah. Ever, right? Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah. It's good, and it's worth get following through. The second season is un it's is phenomenal. It's crazy. <laughs> it is. It's, it's it makes you feel like you're on acid. <laughs> Plus, it's all about consciousness, and that's what the whole show is about. And. Mm -hmm. But they never mention it that way. Yeah, there's a lot of good, uh, a lot of. I mean, I feel like if people want to like really dig into the esoteric, just pick up a comic book at this point in time. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, they're really laying it out now. Go read yeah, any Alan Moore like comic book. Yeah, you go back on. to the. Uh, I mean, oh, sorry. Oh no! Carry on. It's the lulls are weird with your <laughs> carry on phone. And she starts so. talking. 
I know. No, I just wanted to address that. It's like it's the pausing is different. It, I think it's your phone or something. So that's why it's kind of awkward. I don't know when you've stopped or roboted out. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, but I would say with like LMR, if people want to get into that, I mean, like that thing back back in like the early '80s. I mean, there was a scene where Swamp Thing has figured out that he's not human; he's going through hell, and yes. it, it's a pretty insane series of images. I mean, it's pretty intense. And I remember reading that a couple of years ago and just thinking, you know, I, I, I don't just. Want to go yeah, I just heard a great interview with him too from uh, 2009. Um, really? Or seven. I'll, yeah, I'll send you a link. It was before, it was before Watchmen had come out, and it was he was talking about mm. the bad experiences he had had with uh, V for Vendetta and the Wachowskis and um, From Hell, the, the producers of that movie. Oh, was this where he had that experience with that um, that demon from uh, the seven two? No, no, that was way way before this. Okay, that happened when he was a kid or young, a younger okay. man. Okay, okay. He said it was fifteen years. It was fifteen years prior to that. Hmm? I got the link. It was yeah, really cool. Sorry. It's, uh, He's an interesting it, dude. No, you're right. I mean, all that all the stuff back in that time period is like. Phantom, um, Dr. Anum, or whatever his name is. He totally cut out. We missed the whole first part of that. Well, I was just going to say, like, just uh, key comic books back in that time period. I mean, people could check it out. You could write books and volumes of books on, on that kind of material. Oh, absolutely. So I didn't mean to hijack uh, everything. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I've got a question. Ask the um, chat, since I'm not in it, if they, if he's roboting for them, because most of the time I it's just did. Jerry he, and I. I already did. It is. It's him. It's not us. <laughs> no, I mean, they, so they're hearing him clearly. It's just, no, we're not. they're hearing, they're hearing him cutting it out too. Okay. That's because it's usually the opposite. Yeah. No biggie. Um, it is what it is. It okay, happens, so, you know? So back on, uh, and moving into this, your dream landscape, how often, if if you do, do you experience things that seem um, troublesome? So terrors and um, anxiety dreams, um, and and in this envelope, other entities that don't seem friendly. Um, I would go with ninety uh, percent of the time. I would say. Oh wow! Do um, you have any examples? Uh, when it comes to things that are, you know, uh, a dream that's actually in like a realistic environment, um, mentioned the, uh, the time of the bed on Indian Hill. Yeah. Um, when we moved into um, prior, uh, actually prior to that, um, when I was single, there was a situation where um, this reptilian snake-like thing came bursting through the door and just jumped on top of me. I remember just This is in the dream. Like, Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I hope it was, I hope it was unreal, but, um, but yeah, it was in a dream. It was just like this intense experience where this thing like launched at me. I remember like bursting through the, uh, the blackness, just launching, strangling me and screaming at me. And I don't, I don't know if it was like a sexual experience that this thing was trying to like encounter. I, I don't think that was happening, but how old were you? you know, when you read all the literature, I would have been like 28, okay. 29 at the time. Sound, the way you describe um, it sounds like a naga. What, at least that's what I thought of. What did it look like? 
besides generally I mean, reptilian? It looked like a, a human um, with a snake reptilian face. I mean, it looked like a it looked like a five foot nine human being that had a um, serpentine figure to its face. And the thing launched at me, and I remember remember vividly it jumping on me and strangling me and being on top of me. And I remember screaming and screaming and screaming. I finally woke myself up. Um, so that was um, kind of like, so I've always thought, was that part of uh, something that I've been experiencing since that time period? And then I kind of merged into that experience on Indian Hill. And then when my wife and I moved into our first apartment, prior um, to us being married, same thing showed up. I, I remember in a dream going to the bathroom and we had kind of a, a corridor that led to a stairwell that led to the first floor. And I remember this thing slinking up the stairwell. Um, again, Ooh. and I just <laughs> I knew it was either. And I remember it just dragging me to the floor. And again, I was like screaming and yelling. Um, at, uh, and this wife. one was snake-like as well? Yes. Yep. So... Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, and you you were screaming, and your wife woke you up. Is that what you said? Yep, yep. Okay, one again, of the I, things. I, I, go ahead. This is the reason why I asked what it because sometimes I'm I'm trying to parse out when people say reptilian these days because there seems to be sure. this. Um, there's the snake ones, or the you know the lizardy head ones, but then there's like the alligator type. And these other ones that are not, so it was definitely more in the snake realm. Yeah, it was not alligator, no. It was definitely a reptilian snake, serpent. Yep. Okay, and that's what I'm hearing a lot of just recently, like in other, other areas where I talk about dreams with people. And, and how long ago was that? Um, that would have been uh, 2012, I guess. And, and that, okay, so that one, and then the one where you were pulled down the corridor, how much later was that? Uh, that would have been 2014. And then um, when my wife and I bought this, the house that we're currently in, it was a similar situation. It was like the first night that we had moved into the house. And uh, I don't know if my mom stuck it in my head, but she was like, well, you know, if there's any ghosts that are going to like talk to you, blah, 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 it'll be the first night. And I remember lying up in bed and there was like this pink it was like a pink light that just kind of illuminated the bed a bit and then again there was like a hissing in my ear oh it was so intense and i remember thinking like oh this thing's trying to break me blah 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 but i'm not gonna let it break me and i just remember like putting my hands against my ears and uh waking up and there was of course nothing there but i just remember there was like this intense and to be honest with you, I haven't had anything close to that kind of dream. And that would have been five years ago now when I had that one. And nothing was really come close to those kind of dreams prior. How, how caught up in the 2012 stuff were you? Uh, 2012? I, not, I don't know. I, I think I was just trying to figure out life at that point in time. I wasn't really reading much. I, you know, I mean, like you, I would say. You didn't have expectations. I mean, you weren't like all up in the end of the world and like, <laughs> it's going to happen. No. Yeah. No. And, uh, you know, and after the fact, you know, I hear about, you know, certain researchers, I haven't actually read any David Icke, but, um, that's good. Isaac Weisenhoff, you know, he always Weishaupt. talks about it. Yeah. Weishaupt, yeah. He always talks about it. 
know, I wasn't even familiar with that back in that time period. But um, David Wilcock was too. I mean, there were a bunch of people who were on that bandwagon. You know, the fourth Bach tune's got to end the world, blah blah blah. But mm -hmm. yeah, but seriously, they shifted the timelines. It's five years off. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, nobody. I mean, no. I know nobody knows about this stuff. You know, it's it's. But I, I don't think it was like polluted at the time. I don't think there was anything in my subconscious at the point in time that would have led me to been know, triggering all that. Yeah. What do you? So when I just want to ask you a couple of questions about this reptile thing. When you so before these reptile dreams happening, were was the whole idea of reptilians? at all like were you how front loaded with that material were you um not you know you know i remember being a kid and seeing like snakes and being afraid of them um but i mean you're talking about but like, you know snakes. humanoid yeah and we're talking about humanoid reptilians yeah, yeah nothing i mean i don't i didn't even realize it in i mean honestly maybe the um uh Streber stuff. I mean, was that would that be considered mm -hmm. reptilian? I remember reading Communion when I was younger with a No, Streber. those are more like the gray, yeah. Those are like the the other kinds. Yeah, this is a very specific one. And it's I'm just finding it super interesting. And it's um it's tying into stuff I'm I'm researching be, mm. behind the scenes, the snake situation. Uh, um so that that's very interesting to me. Were you at any point in these in these particular dreams, these three dreams that you gave us, were you were you lucid in them? I was, yes, very lucid. Yep. And on that note, on lucidity, describe your experience. Like, how do you know you're lucid in in dreams? Um, just being in a situation that's familiar. Like I said, uh, most of my dreams are in a situation where I could be in a jungle or being in a desert or you know whatever, or very unfamiliar environment. For those dreams, though, that matter, I, I just have a tendency to you know know my ex where I'm at. I, I recognize the bed, I recognize the uh, the room, you know the environment. They're very 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 clear. So I've always oh go ahead. No, yeah, I just wanted to get so, and it had the quality of like being a, awake like this, mm -hmm. like you were that. So it was, it was true lucidity. That I, it's significant with these kinds of things for me, at least. Um, so, can you describe the first time you actually went lucid, where you're dreaming? You're like, oh wow, you know, I'm dreaming, but I'm awake. That whole. <laughs> I mean, like, sorry that was cheesy no 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 i, I mean i'd go back even <laughs> to the crib story i mean i felt like that crib story with like the little green creatures gray creatures i mean i feel like that was like the uh, first dream that i had that was being in, in an environment that you know was reality around me but at the same time i was dreaming and then for my parents to come and turn the light on um, and everything kind of disappearing Felt like that was like the first moment. And you were like around five then, right? Um, I think that's what I have written down here at least. Yeah, I would, you know, I, I hope I was in a crib in five, but. <laughs> I was just going to yeah, say that. Like, 
I, you know, a, the crib but, is a loose term, though. It's, you know, so I don't know why six, I wrote down five. He was younger than six, and I think that's important because we hear a lot about how these psychic perceptions you have as a child are slowly drowned out by either A, the food, B, the programming, C, television, electronic, uh, electromagnetic radiation, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, they just, by the time you're six, they drown out and you lose that unless you've practiced or, or have a strong, whatever. I don't know how it works, but. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I was thinking about, you know, when the lights come on and they disappear, these, and what I just said, where you might have had the ability to see things in other spectrums, in other dimensions, if you will, whatever. Uh, but when the light came on, that destroyed the light frequency that you had to establish there, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe they can only be seen in low light or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I totally buy it. I, I really do. I feel like there's a... Um... I feel like for me, the majority of the dreams for me are personally, and this is going to sound a little bit woo-woo, but maybe, you know, maybe there's multiple of me's elsewhere and you kind of connect. So if it's not necessarily encountering a reptile or a, a snake or a serpent, but, you know, experiencing whatever. You could experience running down the street and, or being in Norway. I mean, like a dream that I had recently was like me running down Norway looking at my heritage. And remember jogging, looking at the mountains and thinking, no, you know, this is great. This is where, you know, my family came from, um, you know, and part of me is like, well, maybe, you know, maybe Dustin slash James slash Alfred from, you know, Multiverse 300 experienced that. And I was connected. I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I've always kind of felt intuitively that maybe dreams are you connecting to a, a self that might be elsewhere in some other type of reality i mean it's always been my gut can't prove it but i've always kind of thought that that was the way that dreams kind of work and out when it comes to you know kind of a random realistic not too scary kind of dream that makes yeah sense. yeah it makes total sense to me and it, synchronistically it's that the the approach to reality was all about this last legion by the way <laughs> Yeah, I got watch it. Sounds yeah. really interesting. I gotta get back into that. Oh man, it was good. Jared, did you see the the latest one? <clears throat> the one last night? Yeah, where he's talking about all the branch every choice you make creates another you and then that week. one yeah. listen. Oh, yeah. that was last week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they took three parallel lifetimes, basically. What the argument the, the premise of the show was that every decision you make branches the timeline. So every sure. time you change you know, it's that old theory. So there's billions of timelines and they, they examine three choices which lead to, or one choice, I forgot exactly how it worked, but they showed three branches <laughs> where they led. Uh, one was a billionaire, one was a crackhead, I forgot what the other one was. Wage slave. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah, yeah. you know, it was a spectrum of the, the public. It was interesting. But it's all, and they tie, it's tied in, it's tied into what we're talking about here. And it is tied in because it's all very dreamlike also. It's a thought experiment on top of that. Plus it's mm -hmm. an analog for parallel lives, past lives, whatever you want to call them. You know, since there's no time, there's no past. So there can't be past lives. Everything's happening right now. You just can't Mm -hmm. see it. So, um, and then in that they were, it was an analog of that, but shown linearly. It was interesting. 
Yeah, and it just is what James was saying kind of made me hone in on that. What about, um, oh man, I got sidetracked on <laughs> So easy for me these days to get sidetracked. But what do you think about downloads of information through dreaming? Does it, has this happened to you where you actually learn something in a dream and then maybe, maybe you're trying to learn it in real life. So your, your mind's honed in on, I need to learn something, but you actually learn it through the dream realm experience first and then bring it into this experience. I, I haven't had like a Philip K. Dick experience. I, I've never felt as if something's been downloaded. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, what I've noticed is if I'm like really into something, for instance, uh, remember like getting into Pizzagate back at the uh, last, was it two Novembers ago or something like that? No, but really get into it. And when you look, and I remember like reading those WikiLeak emails, you see all this like language, you know, it made no sense, whatever. They can write it off. They can like say whatever it needs to be. But I mean, you can't play dominoes on pizza or on lasagna or, or pasta, right? I mean, there was obviously a code being used there. Yeah, and definitely. I remember being so into it. And I remember one night just being up in the bedroom and remember like Clinton's, Desta, all these caricatures of all these people that I had been researching, like on the bed, like looking at me, screaming at me. And I, you know, at the time, I think I had like a flu or a fever or whatnot. Um, and then, you know, part of you was like, well, okay, well, maybe I published a couple things on my website, blah, blah, blah. And it like got picked up by the collective unconscious and mm-hmm. people like figured it out and they're going to like send a little threat to me to like stay away, blah, blah, blah. You know, those are the things that you kind of want to be like, oh, you know, whatever I'm doing, it, it matters. You know, the work that I'm doing actually is something of material to people and you know, to the masses and blah, blah, blah. But um, never a direct download. Usually it's like more periphery where... I'll really get involved with the topic and things that are surrounding that topic kind of appear at night around my bed and yell and scream at me and whatnot. So <laughs> the naggers. Yeah. Um, sometimes too, you can, this happens to me where I'll have a problem in my job. I'm a programmer. So when I have a programming issue, I need to overcome I could sleep on it, and the next day I will have an answer. Usually they're like, oh, it's obvious how to do it now, things like that. Mm-hmm. And they're hard to recognize sometimes that, it's, yeah. that, that that's where it came from, but, but it's there if you look. So what, you're saying Pizzagate was real? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it was... Kidding. I got sucked into that rabbit hole too. I wrote, I wrote some code. I wrote an application that took the emails, all the emails from the dump, and put them into an Elasticsearch um, Elk stack, which is a data visualization tool. And, and like, I put this out there. I'm like, look, this is my effort to help, but I don't want to get involved because I wasn't sure. Yeah. But the, but you're right. Those pictures on Instagram, they were creepy, creepy as fuck, mm-hmm. and obviously fucked up. It was you know, all change. set up perfectly to make you, to trigger you emotionally and pull you in. Whether or not that was done by humans on purpose, I don't know. Yep. But that's the way yeah. it lined up. Kind of like, like the Vegas thing, right? I don't think there was a big plan to shoot all those people in Vegas. I think it just kind of bubbled up that way. 
and left all yeah, these, uh, these weird esoteric markers all around, like an obelisk and a sphinx and a pyramid. Yep. That's bizarre. Yep, no, I agree. And, you know, the thing that, uh, not to, like, segue away from dreams here, but, I mean, the thing with the Pizzagate thing is, you know, it's a mockery. People make fun of it. You know, you're kind of a, a tinfoil hat guy, but people really need to go back and look at those emails. There's never been absolutely when it comes down to what those people were talking about at the time. Again, it's just it's scary that something like that can just get moved on and whatever right which was also strange that was also one aspect of what was going on too was to make it discreditable in the future Mm -hmm. um i I wrote about this in my blog last two years ago probably about that kubrick video that came out the deathbed confession Mm -hmm. and i said this the purpose of this is so the future people it, it, should any should any real information come out about Kubrick, it can be quickly denied as conspiracy or oh you're just remembering that it's a fake video, it's a hoax. It's always going to be a hoax now, always, forever, because yep. that that video was in in the public eye. And I think yep. kind of the same thing for Pizzagate. It's always going to be a hoax because it got discredited immediately like that. So yeah, and I, and I believe that was one aspect of why it occurred. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That that was. Uh, I kind of burned a lot of uh, intellectual load on that one. I don't know. No Maybe pun intended. Oh, we. <laughs> yeah. So, do you get in? Um, so I'm 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 winding us back around. Um, with dreams, have you had? Any experience with, do you have dreams that where they've played out later? And usually this is mundane stuff, but where you dreamt it and then it happened. Um, and also, what's your experience with deja vu? So I feel they um, tie, tie together. I don't have any dreams that I've ever felt being prophetic. Deja vu, I would say that happens two, three times a week for me. Um, not sure where to happens but you know most of my dreams i would say if i win the lottery i'll probably win the lottery in my dreams once or twice a month never happens obviously mm-hmm. uh, how often do you play never but that's does it why. have to be the actual that's a that is a good that's a great point maybe you should if you're having those dreams and also if it's we're looking at symbols well it doesn't necessarily have to be like the literal lottery like, were you lucky, at, you know, that week yeah. or whatever? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, yeah, no, I mean, that, that's a good point. I guess I haven't, yeah, I, I mean, I think all of us want to be independently wealthy and not have to. No, that would suck. It, it would suck. Yeah. <laughs> the burden of it. <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> I would start my own YouTube. Yeah. But <laughs> I yeah, buy an island. Deja vu, though, I mean, that's pretty common for me where I'm not, I hate to go to like a movie like The Matrix, you know, where that it's in. I mean, I feel like it's more like a Paul Ewing type of a situation where, yeah, you know, I I feel like it's maybe more connected to the collective unconsciousness or again, you know, maybe it's tied to, you know, James from Universe 575 and I don't know. To me, I feel like it's all. Have, with your deja vus, 
have you tied any of them? So when you're, when you're trying to figure out why, what's this experience? Why have I, you know, what is, what's going on here? Have you tied any of them to past dreams or has it been more anomalous? Uh, more anomalous, yes. It would just be more, you know, walking the dog in the morning, for instance, and seeing another cat and then thinking like, yeah, this, I feel like I've seen this situation before. Mm-hmm. More, more like that. It never, ever anything grandiose. It's more just day-to-day stuff. Yeah. Oh, I find that always mundane stuff, but uh, you know, it's, it's interesting for some people to have myself and like, um, Aaron, one of our friends, Aaron has been able to almost tie all of them back to dreams that we've had. Like almost without fail, all of mine, all the late. So I want to actually ask this right now. So this last month I've been having deja vu's on a, an intense an intense amount like there were two days ago there was two days ago almost the whole day was a deja vu i had small breaks from it but it was a continual whoa and it was from different pieces of dreams from different periods in my life and because i always remember that dream you know I'm, I'm, the deja vu happens i'm like oh i remember that dream and so I had this experience like two days ago. Of course, then my mind wanders. I'm like, am I dying soon? What's going on? Am I dead? You know, like no, the timelines are collapsing. That's all. Yeah, these existential questions. So, uh, you know, like, what's your experience of them when they're actually happening? Yeah. I, mean, I, I never. I guess I can't say I get like a sense of dread. I would. It's a good question. I mean, I feel like, again, I mean, I'm, I'm probably simplifying this and a simple mind, but I always feel like if I encounter something in a deja vu experience, I feel like it's another one of me mm-hmm. somewhere else in, you know, a multiverse situation or. Have you, are you, are they, are you having more than usual lately? Or are you just, are they normal? Like, I mean, you said you have a lot anyway, so. Um, I mean, they like, Petered off. I feel like they're kind of going cycles. If um, actually, when I did this, uh, <clears throat> when I did, it's probably didn't read this, but I did a breakdown of um, the apocalypse of James from the Nag Hammadi. There were a couple of researchers in Oxford that found an actual Greek translation <clears throat> rather than a Coptic translation. And I put a summary of of that, and then I experienced a situation with my walking the dog in the morning it's like saying well this is you're walking in the middle of, the, of a fall morning in wisconsin and like the wind's blowing there's like street lights and you know these are you trying to get through the archons and um, when i mm-hmm. published that i got a little bit of feedback and i remember lots of synchronicities after that i remember there being like a lot of deja vu situations and you know but then it petered off like every everything else whether i was you know, kind of lost interest and wasn't paying attention, but that was pretty intense after I put that summary together on my uh, website. Yeah. Don't know what that means. Significant. We we hear that a lot from people who start doing research on a subject and then a bunch of synchronicities start happening around that. And, Mm -hmm. And I consider deja vu a type of synchronicity in a way it is. They reoccur. So it could be, it could be that it could be, and I think like 
especially when I talked to Walter Bosley, Walter Bosley was talking about, I forgot which book he was working on. I think it was one of the Empire of the Wheels. When he started to look into it, the information that he was looking for sort of made itself uh, available, I'll say. And maybe in a way that's, and what I was going to say was he took that as a, um, a sign that he was going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I know people who. Yeah, he's probably spot on. I mean. Yeah. I was going to say, I just know people, I know a person actually who, <laughs> no. t- who looks at synchronicity as a, a bad omen and avoids them. Hmm. Right. I think, wasn't he saying, he's saying a lot of people do actually. I don't know. I only know one person that does, but I haven't really yeah. asked many. What's the James? What is so in the last, let's say, six months, has there been any general running theme in your dreams overall? Yeah, I would say like death. As far I'd as say, feeling, I'd... vibe. Oh, death. Yeah, okay. for sure. Can you can you tell us a little bit? Uh, you know, for whatever reason, being on top of a bridge and falling or falling off a cliff. Um, yeah, I don't mean to be prophetic. I don't want, I don't want to put this out there in the uh in the grand scheme of things, of course, but uh yeah, a lot of a lot of death um dreams, I would say. Um and so o- I, overall or recently? Uh in the last, last six months. Cool. Six any, months. Any giant solar flares or extinction events in your dreams? No, just me. No, I wish I wish I could say it was going down with everybody else. I mean, actually one of the, the better ones I had was uh I was in a park with my wife and some blast went off. And I remember like pulling her behind a tree, and, uh, kissing her, you know, goodbye, knowing that the end was going to happen. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's, um, I'm definitely not prophetic. So anybody listening, don't, uh, definitely don't listen to what I have to say. Because I've never <laughs> I was had just going to say that. Been, You're not a prophetic dreamer. So you got nothing to worry about. This means you got to yeah, live a long God. life, right? Yeah, but yeah, so, I'm yeah. hearing a lot of death dreams. Death and snakes coming up a lot. And energy waves. Well, yeah. I mean, this is stuff we're trying to see if there's a collective flow going with people. And so, like, when on recently, when I'm asking questions about people having these death dreams, including me, um, and a lot of them are saying just what you're saying. It wasn't like I was. It wasn't like the world. It was me. And so, Mm -hmm. a lot of people are saying that. Um, which I find infinitely interesting. And okay, so on this, have you experienced like that whole dream within a dream experience that some yeah. people speak of? Do you have an example? Um, I did. I I had one a couple of days ago. I I remember. It's hard to. I felt like it had something to do with. Uh, I don't know our dog and. The dog was like running, escaped from me. Um, one of one of the big dreams I have is like you just got a rescue, and she's always like tugging at the leash, and she escaped, and having the sense of dread that you know she was gonna die, and waking up, and she was still there, but I was still in the dream. Um, but uh, I've had them, but I, I'm sorry, I can't uh, recall anything more personal when it comes to that. But definitely, I, oh, that's it. You're I would here. say, I would say. <laughs> 
but that you know that it's not a common it's not common we don't hear it a lot of people speaking about dreams within dreams so and i've been trying to um at least put a little more focus on that to see if if it is less common than because it wasn't just generally coming up in our conversations so yeah i mean i would say it's picked up i mean for me personally i, I can't remember it i probably you know drink too much but <laughs> but um i would say you know over the last two months i probably had two or three of those kind of dreams where it's a dream within dream and i always think back to that um that film was it inception or something like that but the oh yeah yes you know I, I don't want to think that that's you know subconsciously influencing me on those situations but i mean the real one that i really can recall was just like losing the dog and then finding her and then losing her again yeah nothing too deep are you um do you know your basic astrological information? Um, what, I think it was, I was born, well, I think I'm a Virgo. September 8th was my uh, birth date. So is that Virgo? Okay. So you just know your son, your sun sign guy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, um, honestly, I don't really know much about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gathered that right away when you didn't actually know and you knew, you, of course, you know, the day of your birth. Um, what about, what about things like, before I get a little more into the the esoteric side of things, um, what about have you been one to have sexual dreams, like wet dreams, and that kind of content? Um, no, you know, I, I maybe when I was in like sixth, seventh grade, I had a little bit, but um, no, I always kind of felt a little bit out that way because of you know the friends <laughs> that they had. Yes. Well, they are wonderful. I'll tell you that. Um, (laughs) um, Okay, so the whole idea on so what do you actually think the function of dreams is? And I, you know, we like the woo woo. So beyond beyond the we understand the psychological idea of unwrapping your day, unpacking your day, Mm -hmm. um, in your you know the obvious worries that play out and all that chatter beyond Mm -hmm. that stuff what do you think is going on you did give us hints with this multiverse stuff earlier yeah yeah no i i I mean personally again it's i don't have anything to like validate for this but my gut tells me that it's it's very union it's very collective unconscious it's uh the idea that you know we're all connected there's something that kind of bleeds between me, you, um, Jerry, you know, and the 10 of us in 10 different universes. Um, I feel like, I mean, again, it's just woo-woo, but that's my my personal take on it. Can't prove it. I don't have any data to support it. I couldn't, like, write a hypothesis about this and prove it. Couldn't write a thesis about it. But, I mean, that's just my, my gut instinct is that it's all related to you know, the Carl Jung um, collective unconsciousness everything being connected and everything for us after us all being kind of connected. So just my take and I don't know anything. So no, don't quote me on it. Wow. We call that the cloud. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I muted Nish. She doesn't know it. You're unmuted. Um, what do you think about have you okay so have you experienced loved ones or people close to you that have passed within the context of dreams 
Um, I have not. I haven't actually. I've been pretty lucky that way. I haven't lost a lot of loved ones. I lost my um, grandparents long before I was born. So uh, still fortunate to have my uh, parents around and my uh, wife's parents around and my siblings. So no, I haven't had that um, experience. But at the same time, I've been pretty lucky, and I I haven't had that unfortunate um, experience yet. Yes. Yeah. What about like animals that you've been close to? Oh, yes, all the time. If uh, a dog were to pass, I always dream about seeing a dog or going up and hugging it and like runs away. Um, pretty big dog people in this family. So, yeah, uh, lots of dreams. Yeah, I love, I love dogs too. So, okay, so, and can you give us a little bit about dreaming with your, the animals? Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, it would be, for instance, uh, we lost a little terrier when I was in college. Um, my parents lost it, and um, I remember um, coming home for that. And my dad never hugs us. You know, my dad's this cold war era, um, uh, just, you know, that nuclear family kind of guy that doesn't show a lot of emotions, but he came up and he was like crying and he hugged me. Um, so that, you know, that could have influenced it. But I remember we, when we lost that little cherry, I just fell asleep that night and I was crying. And uh, I remember like running up to Hill on all things at Indian Hill, where I had had a couple of other dreams that we had discussed about earlier um, and just hugging him and uh, him just like trotting away. And, you know, that was it. I, I don't know. It was that little, <laughs> probably a little bit emotional here but uh that little dog was like very important in our family just remember it being a pretty striking dream to like go up to him and give him last one a hug because when i picked him up he would he had already died and I had to take him back home i don't know it was just people probably think i'm silly like crying about a dog right now but whatever it was oh, uh, i don't <laughs> no, <laughs> not I mean, at all there's the more important things in life I, and i realized that but he, he was like a little family member and uh yeah, that would be one experience. I just remember like running up to Hill, him trotting up to me and wagging his tail and hugging him and you know, him running away and was it. So do you think he was saying goodbye? I I hope so. I you know, my again, my father is one of these people that would say that these things can't get to heaven. I don't necessarily believe in a heaven. I don't even mm-hmm. necessarily believe in that there's a God or, you know, well, whatever else, but you know, it was to see him crying and saying at the same time that, you know, we'll never see him again, you know, mm-hmm. that could have impacted my subconscious and you know, related to a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a little bit too much information, but yeah. Oh, it's um, not, it's not too much information. Uh, it's, um, I, I, of course, I, not a I'm thing a, on the show. Yeah. We, we don't subscribe to that at all. Um, I believe the animals are, have, are just as valid as we are. We are animals too. And, um, yeah. And, and that's been a focus I've been asking more about animals and dreams because I do, I think some people are actually more bonded to, to their animal family than they are actually their human family because of the, the pure love that is actually always there. <laughs> They just accept us and they add so much. Um, that was heartwarming. Thank you. That that makes me, I'm dealing with it. 
an elderly okay. dog right now that is my wife. I love her so much. And she's, um, I can't even imagine. Oh Lord. Um, okay. So what are, and then, so in this, in this vein, mm-hmm. we are in now, what are your thoughts and ideas on and about death, the process of dying and also the state of death once, once one is dead? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a question. I mean, um, wow. I mean, my current research, um, you guys probably haven't looked into any of it, but I keep finding pie, the idea of pie in the old Testament, um, in the word like abracadabra, um, you see it everywhere. And, uh, one of my hypotheses of late has been that you know the idea of the circle pi the divine um that symbol of the circle is basically just another trick you know of the demiurge whatever you want to call it right so the idea that um you know you go back to the the idea of the gnostics the idea that you know the plumora aborted something and you know the demiurge created everything blah 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 but uh you know in order for the demiurge and his archons to continue existence, their creation, blah, blah, blah. They need to keep that divine spark. You know, they need to keep reincorporating it back into a material realm, right? So when, when we die, our soul, for instance, is reincarnated because, you know, if it gets reunited with Mara, you know, divine, um, the demiurge and its creation ceases to exist. So I would say that, <laughs> long story short, that that's where I would say that I'm at right now. I'm not saying that that's legitimate. I'm not saying anything, but like my gut tells me that there's something that those Gnostics from the Greeks, um, pre-Christian, equivalent Christian, feel like well, they were onto something. And then the church has like buried that intentionally over the last 2000 years. Um, so I don't know. I'm not overly hopeful. I, I would hope that um, if I were to pass, you know, I could figure out how to get back and not have to get brought back but um i don't know that's a deep question that's kind of where i'm at and i probably just gave you guys way too much again information as to where i'm currently at but um no not at all not at all um is your current research into gnosticism or the nagamati stuff or what yeah it would be the uh the gnostic stuff i mean even to some extent if you go back to the um hattie bow stuff i mean hattie bow was basically an type right i mean you talk about L. Ron Hubbard, you talk about Crowley, you talk about Parsons. I mean, all those guys were Gnostics. People call them Luciferians, call them Satan worshippers. They're not. I mean, they were just Gnostics prior to... Actually, if you follow the work of uh, like Michael Joseph, and um, if you listen to the latest THC with that guy, um, Juan, I think his name is, mm-hmm. about the Susquehanna River, uh, there's another religion. It's not Gnosticism. There's something else that they that they're worshiping and doing it's not and and like the masons would call gnosticism profane it's it's a religion for the masses it's not the true religion i'm not saying it's wrong i'm just saying that's sure. their you know that's the outlook of whatever if we know about it it's not that's not what they're practicing oh i agree yeah i mean whatever we know is not what is actually happening and i, I would agree with that yeah and so even like the Nag Hammadi, I mean, you talk to people in our area of research, they'll say that, yeah, there was like a 
something that they spun out of Israel and blah, blah, blah. But I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's impossible for us to know. I mean, it's, it's, it's just another Bible as far as I'm concerned. It's, you know, old paper. We don't know who wrote it or where it came from or how old it is. But didn't they lose half of it when they recovered it? I, you know, I don't, right. It's shady. But the Gnostic, Gnostics are definitely, they've been around and the Dead Sea Scrolls also, you know, surrounded in controversy, but they, you know, uncovered some of the Gnostic stuff. You, re, you reminded me talking about Pi. At last mm-hmm. summer, I'm going to show you something. If I can find a screen share. Here it is. Check this out. You see this image here? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay, this is the Hebrew. Oh, i got to show people in chat. Hebrew. Um, sorry. Give me a second, guys. So I'm showing everyone on the stream. This, um, these letters are Hebrew letters for the name of, of God. Mm-hmm. And last summer, a group calling themselves Tangri 137 came out and said, no, 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 that's not the name of God. That's an equation. It's pi times seven times pi to the seventh. Oh. And pi times seven times pi to the seventh. Huh? Totally fascinating. And yeah. they, they put out these encrypted, weird-looking, looks like dwarven letters from Tolkien, for real, about, about where they came from and how they did all this stuff, and they gave all these magic squares out with a bunch. Interesting thing to dig into. It's just a puzzle. <laughs> Don't get caught up in it. But, um, mm-hmm. Well, just... 137, that was a, wasn't that a young um, the physicist number? Like a... I feel like that was a number I saw. 137 was like some weird. It's a significant number. number. It's, it's, I think yeah. it's a, a prime. I think it's also. Uh, 33rd prime, maybe? Something like that? <laughs> something like that. And yeah. it's, uh, it's in the Fibonacci sequence, I think, too. But I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not up on my numerology. I know it's associated with Masons. I just know that. <laughs> but yeah, pie is everywhere. I mean, Old Testament, you talked about like the Elohistic versus the Jehovah mm-hmm. uh, creation stories. Elohim is completely pi. You, you look at Abracadabra, it's all pi. Right. These, uh, this group of people implied that they were the Elohim. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that would be implying, yes, that would be <laughs> the idea of pi encoded in like the Old Testament. So, yeah, that's really interesting. So, <clears throat> what does it mean? I mean, do you think it ties into something esoteric, or it's just a truth that's woven into the Bible? Is it the background pattern of the matrix that we're seeing? The blueprints, I mean, you know? I'm being pessimistic, so I'm being kind of cynical, and I would say that, you know, the idea of pi, the circle, again, is like the divine. It's the infinite, but again, you know, it's a trick of the demiurge, right? You're recycled back into this plane of existence. I don't know if it's true. But I, I, you know, it's a, it's a little hypothesis that I'm going. It's and, a trick uh, in the way that uh, it never ends. Right. But at the same time, it has like a divine quality to it, right? Yeah. It I also just, has, it's, no, I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking in my head. Um, it, I, and, which I've talked, something there, I'm babbling now. The, uh, it reminded, the whole thing about pi and how it came about 
And for those who don't know, I'm pretty sure this was it. I forget who it was. One of the Greeks had a circle and a square, and he kept like drawing little squares in the area outside of the circle. Like, so if you put a circle within a square, there's a space. Mm-hmm. There's spaces on the corners. Um, if it was Euclid or uh, so, um, Pythagoras, I don't remember which one. But they, he was making, he was drawing little squares. Maybe I'm thinking of a different story. I thought the, the ratio came about because he was trying to figure out how much space was left on the outside within the square, and he could figure out the ratio. I might be thinking of something else, so never mind. I take all that back. <laughs> yeah. Jerry. Well, well, I, as I'm describing it, I remind, I'm reminded of that's also the way that the atom was thought of first, that there must oh, be sure. some, some smaller thing. But I, I'm pretty sure there was... Something to do with figuring out how much space was left within the square in which the circle was inscribed. Uh, with dividing that area again and again and again as far as they could. And that's like him with the ratio. Yeah, I know a lot of people, um, you know, they kind of frown upon Marty Leeds, but I think he does a pretty good job when it comes to... I love Marty Leeds, and I wish he wasn't so busy so he could come on the show. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's a brilliant idea. Like the idea that arithmetic is number... But number and space is geometry, and I think he does a pretty good job about. Uh, sure. You've seen that movie? Uh, was it Pi? I think it's Pi. <laughs> Isn't it the movie sure. Pi? Sure. It's the black and white one. You've seen it? Yep. Okay. Yep. Rachel's set out at the end there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And he meets the rabbi, and the rabbi goes over the gematria of uh, father and uh, mother and the child. I mean, that's that's a perfect example of. Uh, how numbers represent reality in a way, in, mm-hmm. in words, what you just said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, sorry, Nish. That's where I think death is. Apologies there, that, but a little rant there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like nobody knows, and there's a reason for that, and I don't know what that ultimately means, but it is probably... Well- all that all that was good that like i was i was vibing on everything that was happening there i was kind of going with jerry on that for a minute too um where did we go what what you you didn't take us fully there what do you think what do you think this reality is about that we're having this experience and this ties into the numbers like so if you could just go further into what you were just saying actually Oh, you know, I, I'm honestly just at the tip of the uh, iceberg. I, um, I mean, there's this idea of pi. Um, I just picked up like this book, even um, it was basically the Gematria of Bala, and uh, even had to put it on the secret credit card so that uh, wife. I love it. a secret credit card. <laughs> <laughs> it's helped me out many times. What's a secret? Um, I don't get that. What do you mean? Well, it's a, it's a card that I can make purchases that uh, the wife doesn't know when I'm actually making oh, a purchase. Oh, right? You're not accountable. A bad phone, a bad phone credit card. I got yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, I, I mean, just like a cursory glance at it, you're talking about light waves being encoded like the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, the idea of the cube being a hidden or a separate God. I don't know. I mean, I, I really just, just like, hit the tip of the iceberg on this and you know i get plenty of time at work to like dig into it and <laughs> great job isn't it yeah 
I think the cube is a representation of the holodeck we're in. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny yeah. if it was. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to answer it, but I feel like, you know, maybe a year out from here, I maybe have a little bit more concrete evidence to like point to like numbers in the New Testament and whatnot. But, um, you know, the most striking thing for me was just reading that, that book and the idea that the Greeks implied Greek mysticism, early Christian mysticism through the idea of number and everything encoded in the original Greek New Testament was based on number and how do you even like begin to categorize that or codify that? But what if the original teachings, writings, history, whatever was a numerical code that when translated into language and then retranslated, it lost its magic, its purpose? Mm -hmm. <laughs> got lost completely in history. I mean, we could yeah, be looking at something that. like that. And I, yeah. I know Crow talked about the uh, it was Sumerians. They have a, they had a base sixty number system. If I remember correctly. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. That everyday people can manage a base sixty uh, number scheme in their heads. I mean, mm -hmm. I can barely calculate hexadecimal. I can't even figure out what like the first five digits of pi are, but I, I wrote like five articles on it, so I don't. I'm, I can't wait to read them. <clears throat> Nisha, are you gone? Did she disappear? No, oh. I, I wanted to know, like, so in, in this, where we're talking, kind of talking about nature of reality, where do you stand on, on, on this other, so we've gotten a little bit from your dreams, but where do you stand on the nature of other beings? So, and I guess that could play into whatever you're, what Pfizer you're looking through, reptilians, aliens, fairies, whatever, other beings outside of us? Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I mentioned this before in another interview. I mean, I'm kind of a John Keel, Jacques Vallée type in terms of, uh, you know, whatever it is that you, Nish or Jerry, are like witnessing, it's basically based, whatever, whatever the outcome of that observation is, based on whatever social experiences we have. So, you know, UFO that Kenneth Arnold saw back, you know, 60-some years ago, you know, 200 years ago would have been witnessed as like an angel. Um, what that is, ultimately, though? Yes. I, I mean, again, this is just my gut instinct, and but I would say it's just a crease in, you know, the fabric of the simulation that we live in, whatever it is, you know. See, she makes that too. She makes that too black and white, or too too broad a question. Make it more black and white. Like, what's your gut tell you? Or, uh, is it an internal thing? Is it something we're consciously generating, or is it an external force? I mean, this I is why I have you, Jerry. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the broadness I'm more interested. I mean, I, I... And these are just opinions. We're not looking. I mean, for I feel answers, like everything's, dude. And I don't really have the answers at all. But I mean, one of the hypotheses that I've presented of late is the idea that, again, it's very Gnostic based, but you know, when, the, when the Demiurge, whatever you want to call that, was aborted from the Pleroma, it, you know, it generated the abyss. And at that point in time, that idea of like the Jungian collective unconsciousness was generated at the same time. You know, everything is connected just based off of that, that separation, off of that divorce. Um, 
so things like the UFOs, um, angels, you know, devils, whatever you want to call it, like a mystical experience. It's just they're basically the trickster element. Yeah, they're just they're things that manifest, and you know, three of us could be standing in movie theater and one of us might see something and or all three of us see something and the three of us see three different things right i mean mm-hmm. stuff of what you know our social conditioning is and right because we're pulling up imagery uh that's represented by the energy we're perceiving mm-hmm. and all of us might have different imagery for that thing mm-hmm. yeah, yeah there's a very good uh, old uh wentz i think his name is he's got a pretty good book about Tracking down fairies in early 20th century England, uh, Valet quoted it multiple times in all of his work, but you read those stories, I mean, it sounds like a UFO from 50s, 60s, same kind of encounter, right? Lights coming down, and, you know, and they quantified it at that time, it's like a fairy encounter or, you know, running into a fey line or a ley line or something of that sort. So, ley line, fey line, it's interesting how they rhyme. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's three lines of a rhyme. <laughs> well, I, and I, you know, before we came live, I wanted to talk about, of course, you're famous for this, but the spiders. And um, it feels like a good segue into that. Well, I hope if I'm you... not famous because uh, <laughs> I've been called a, a shill and, uh, you know, government agent, disinfo, blah, blah, blah. But uh, yeah, I mean, the idea there was. Um, you got to own that shit, James. That's right. That's patina. That's right. Okay, I'm CIA. Fuck you. Here's yeah. my information. Oh. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, no, you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, the general from the, the Hedibo mythos, if you want to call that, is you got a Soviet scientist. He was, you know, well-educated, very highly intelligent, had all these credentials, um, was running a mining rig in mid 80s soviet union this mining rig figured out something below the uh, earth blah 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 and discovered like the idea of like an arconic simulation a matrix simulation um the idea that the sun is an original you know the original sun doesn't exist any longer you have like this new sun that has a different time um you have this idea of like octaves like sort of like a wave that's emanating from the sun being um, manifesting into different matters of matter based stuff of this idea that you have like highly organized plasma. I mean, the whole thing's very convoluted, you know, in, in retrospect, it was fun to like dig through. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I've sent out multiple requests to like actually validate this guy. Nobody's ever come forward and said, yeah, this guy existed. His history existed, you know, and then you get into this idea of like Levinchov, who's um, kind of an L. Ron Hubbard type from Russia that moved to California, kind of a polygamist, and all this stuff going on and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. I mean, it was for me personally, I, I you know, it was fun to like dig into it. I've always like put a disclaimer to it. Um, the idea that spiders are kind of our overseers, um, you know, they destroyed humanity. Like, you know, it's all very, romantic the idea that you know humanity again was like very pure until this intergalactic species came on into the solar system and decided to like take over things in order to more or less become the perfect being i mean 
it was fun. Again, Jerry, Jerry and I, we yeah. talked about this years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's any, obviously there's no validity to it, but. Right, but, but there's some, wait, some is, correlation is that important? I'm just saying it's, uh, the point is th- that it's not provable, it's not really... It depends on why the, it was introduced into the, into the ether, you know? Yes, that, thank you, Jerry. That's what I'm getting at. I would say that's why. I mean, that, that, then, yeah, that matters whether or not it's been uncovered. It was there, but nobody could translate it or whatever. More people have an awareness of it. Does that pull that timeline into being, you know? It's kind of, is that where you're going with that? Mm-hmm. Nish? Yeah, Jerry, well, you can totally tied uh, in. Sorry, James. Well, even like the black goo guy came away after that. Um, the black you goo. You recall guy. that black goo and the spiders? Yes, yeah, 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 right, we're right. Or the black goo? The black goo, yeah. Um, the whole thing with the shirts. And then that was around the time that I, what I noticed about it, there were all these things that were happening and coming out, regardless of their ver- veracity that were mm-hmm. kind of tied to that, like the human cloning in underground bases, you know, mm-hmm. which kind of went along with the shirts and they went on for sale, you know, for a billion dollars and who's got a billion dollars and who's still alive. And all. just, you know, you get down that rabbit hole, it's crazy. But mm-hmm. I think more interestingly, uh, in regards to the octaves and the frequencies being transmitted by the sun, which the moon, I think either relayed or, uh, mm-hmm. or, or monkeyed with in some way to make them bad or harmful or controlling. Mm-hmm and rebroadcast them to the earth that got crow's attention because he had filmed the wave in the lunar wave in 2012 which kind of goes along with the whole thing and now recently i've heard people talking about the moon's light or something's going to change with the moon like people are having uh visions of something changing with the moon that and this is what people with this one person said definitely was that the whatever it's doing, it's going to stop doing it. And what it has been doing has been controlling us or, or holding the veils up between all the, the realities that are here. Oh, sure. Yep. Which very, also, very again, ties into the Hattie Bob stuff. So that, that's why I find it really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he just, um, you know, whoever put that together, very smart, very well-read. But, I mean, you read about the moon with like Isis and uh, Cyrus. I mean, these are very old concepts, of, you know, like a fake light, um, a fake um, the mother. Whole, that, yeah, the false light matrix, and the, that's that's the kind of yeah. stuff. You know, that's but, reptilian I mean, all, lore, I think. Yeah, just very deep myth, you know. And I, at the end of the day, do I think that you know there were like spiders that came from fifty thousand light years away and decided to take over our solar system i i don't i don't think that you know unfortunately people haven't like bought into it and to the extent that you know maybe other researchers um their ideas have been kind of run with but it was interesting you know and i thought it was a puzzle and more than happy to but i always put a disclaimer on it i always said that you know it's science fiction could be you know myth it could be comic book from the soviet union i have no idea so anyways those are my two cents on it. It'd make a good goddamn comic book. Yep. Yeah. Oh, totally. Within this material where there, um, because I'm actually not, as I told you, I'm not familiar with it. Outside of this stuff I already, I cited behind the scenes with us that makes Jerry laugh. But um, anyway, was there a description, <laughs> Jerry? <laughs> we're not saying this live. 
but was there a description is there a description of what they look like i mean do they literally look like uh spiders or were they humanoid um no they were spiders yeah they were spiders like 40 meters high very large holy shit pardon my french um that's i mean i find that terrifying personally triggered it is there's something and i actually i my house is filled with i like spiders i have no problem with spiders but the idea of large spiders has always been like larger than me or even half even dog-sized spiders is it does there's something in my um makeup that triggers that fight or flight (laughs) sort of thing so there's something about this narrative that is fantastic and i can certainly understand why people have glummed onto it and made it meet perhaps more than it is but perhaps there is something to it also i mean it's a you know it's a romantic myth again you know there's this idea that you know humanity was meant to be the perfect species we were like seeded from like some other galaxy 50 million years ago or whatever you want to call it 50,000 years ago and then these people or this this group of species that are the spider the ebrob they you know they saw that they were weak and they destroyed us and you know now we're kind of a immoral morally um poor species whereas our ancestors were like perfect um i mean you know it's the same thing that you read about you know the fall and before the deluge and everything i mean it's just kind of a different take on the idea that humanity was meant to be perfect was created to be perfect but we've fallen at some point in time and well, there's, 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 there are native myths with spiders where it's like the grandmother, right? The weaver and mm-hmm. um, all that where it's, it's, it's a goddess and she, so that, you know, they've been deified in a way and, um, and, but they, it's also, so it's the weaver, but it's also like got a lot of crone imagery around it. So the one that cuts the cord also, that's not afraid of, um, of cutting you down at mm-hmm. the same time. Yet she also weaves and creates the fabric of space and time. And, and you know, this narrative's out there anyway. In yeah, I mean, myth. Not to mention, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I mean, this guy, I mean, again, I feel like he was an L. Ron Hubbard type, very smart, very, you know, you read about his taking advantage of Parsons and Parsons' wife at the time out in California, Pasadena and whatnot. I, I just feel like he was a very, very well-read, very well, not saying that what he was basically rewriting was wrong, but I, I feel like at the end of the day, this guy was basically trying to make a profit off of it. Again, base material, I mean, if you read about Jack Parsons, if you read about some of L. Ron Hubbard stuff. I mean, you know, you get into the ancient alien ideas and talk about <laughs> gold. You know, there there could be something there that he saw back in those days of like the Babylon rituals. I I don't know. You know, but you know, it's an oh yeah. There's a lot there, a lot of juicy stuff. And we don't know anything about it. That's the worst part. Yeah. So I, you know, again, it could be it could be complete false. It could be fifty fifty. It could be eighty twenty. I don't. You know, I don't know. But um, but. Nonetheless, it was interesting, and if people want to read about it, they can uh, visit my site and go down the uh, Eddie Bow rabbit hole. What do you? Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, Okay, Andre. One more more thing about the spiders was the uh, Bohemian Grove statue, Mm -hmm. which uh, warns off spiders. Spiders do not 
tread. I forget what the saying is, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the owls versus the owls versus spiders. spiders, right? The old age-old secret society battle. Mm-hmm. Right, correct. I was always in the owl camp. Still am. So, James, I'm what in do the you think? Camp. In the in the in the in the far woo woo, in the high or low woo woo, what do you think um, about? <laughs> this is gonna make Jerry laugh, but. <laughs> What do you what are your thoughts on space and the celestial bodies? So we've talked about the moon a little bit, but like in general, all of it. Or in specific. Well, I, I haven't I haven't been to space personally, so I, I can't uh vouch for it. But um I don't know. I mean great question. I mean, is it you know, are, are these lights on like the firmament or is this uh Yeah, is space real, basically? Is this the idea of um, you know archons or you know these different celestial bodies and um, I don't know I you know growing up as a NASA kid I was just expected everything to be what you were taught now you know you run into people like Crow and Jerry and suddenly everything's kind of turned 180 and I don't know it's a good question I feel I can get up to outer space and you know be Superman or Green Lantern or whatever you know I I don't know. But my my first sense is that uh, I don't know something arconic, I would say maybe these things are responsible for you know the manifestation of matter. I can't really put my uh, finger on it, but again, just just hypothesizing right now. I admire how pragmatic you are with. Um... <laughs> Because <laughs> that you know, we all no one knows except for those that have been up there allegedly, and um, and so it's all it's just fun fodder to chew on, and it's um nice to get get fresh meat, fresh meat. And people's <laughs> opinions is what you know what might what might be possible at least through our imaginative function. Right. Plus, it's always good to hear other people's opinions. It always expands your own viewpoint, unless it's you know crazy. <laughs> but seriously, no. Oh, yeah, I mean, talk about so yeah. I, I you know I don't know what space is anymore. I used to be an NASA kid just like you, and you know I wanted to go to space camp and all that shit. Um, and now I don't know. So I just I. I've really just come to agree that I don't know, and it's probably both things. Mm -hmm. It's probably real and not real. It's Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, I mean, it's it, again, it's like a very you know interesting idea that the fact that if you know three of us step outside of orbit, some sort of um, orbit atmosphere, that we you know we cease to exist. I mean, that it's uh, you know it's crazy. It's a crazy thought. And... I never thought about that. I was thinking more we couldn't get outside. <laughs> of it of the container but yeah that's also an interesting thought is the void outside is, is space the abyss no. yeah like we're basically you know we only exist in this space and we cease to exist if we go outside of the boundaries or the parameters of uh i, I don't know it, it's all all things to think about and dream about i guess right exactly I had a question. I have one more question. That's all on, on my whole list here. So we're going through everything. Um, two more questions. 
So you were talking about, um, it was back during the deja vu talk we were talking about. You said uh, this, this happened in universe such and such, which made me think, have you ever seen the TV show Rick and Morty? Uh, no, you know, I always hear it brought up by Crow and Jason. I have not kept up with it, but I know they're very prophetic, right? They always... No, I don't think so. I disagree with what they say about Rick and Morty, but um, I think it's a really good show. And some of the concepts they introduce, yes, it's violent, yes, it's sick, I give you that. But um, the whole dimension hopping thing, the fact that the dimension that we are in, in the, sorry, the Rick and Morty home universe is called C-137, which mm-hmm. is the cesium atom that we use to tell time in the atomic clock, cesium-137. I don't know if they did that intentionally, but um, it's, it's a dimension hopping. It's like sliders on steroids with ray guns and drugs. <laughs> and yeah, car- sounds good. Yeah, and 137 again, right? Uh, yeah, another Young 137. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing, too. Yeah, there's a lot of 137s out there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you both think? I mean, do these people out of Hollywood, do they actually know what reality is? Or do you think they're just... No, I don't think so. Yeah. I personally don't think so. I think there may be some who do, who put things in their movies, like a David Lynch type. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think on a whole, the ideas that bubble up, that we see reoccur, are, are come out of the collective, out of the collective unconscious or collective conscious, whatever you want to think of it. Uh, that these are all in there and some people can tune into them and that's kind of what your creativity is in a way is tuning into certain frequencies of ideas yeah no I agree mm-hmm. but I don't know what I can't I'm still on the sorry bad kitty but yeah I, David Lynch yeah there's another one I mean if you want to if anybody wants to take a full course on Masters of Esoteric, you know, watch all of this stuff from Eraserhead on. Totally. A lot of He's good stuff. Crazy dude, crazy dude. So, um, so I was going to ask you what, what new stuff you're working on, but you said it was all the pie stuff, so I won't go there again. And that's the only question I had left. Nish, are you still alive? Um, yeah, I'm flowing with y'all. Okay. In a good way. In the best of ways. Not ant flow, right? I was wondering if we had questions from the audience and all oh, that. Oh, right. That's what and... I forgot. Did, we, uh, did I give everybody pass out and log off or what? Oh, God, no. We've got 135 people watching. No, I'm kidding. It's, uh, We're going to see if anyone has questions for you. And then... 13 people. But I wanted to add, just, just in a, a re... Back in the back in the earlier dreams that we were talking about, had you ever um, it, when you're in them and they even the fantastical ones, is there a sense of time of day where you do you ever get a sense of timing in them? Ooh, um, yeah, I mean, I, at the time I didn't think of it, but I would say that I could evaluate, you know, when. Um, and I thought that the end of the world was happening. It was like afternoon um, when I was in the bedroom at night. Yeah, I mean, I would say everything. Yeah, like, good sense of time. Typically, it's at night when it comes to like the more horrific type dreams. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I thought so when I, I always write notes, but I, I noticed I wasn't, 
I didn't make any notes on you mentioning time of day. So I wanted to at least get that cleared up. Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, there was a time to mention to it. Yeah. All right. I'm good. I don't, I'm not looking at, I never look at the chat, so I don't know what Jerry's. I'm, yeah. I'm just getting people links to James's new site. Okay. So a question from greatest potential. Hello, greatest potential. Oh, by the way, thank you everyone who's in the live chat. I'm not going to read them all. Um, the question is any key comic books for you? What were your key, what, what key comic books stand out or, you know, key in your life? Uh, well, Bone was a big one. I don't know if you guys ever read Bone. Never heard of it. Um, pretty good one, dealing with uh, multiple dimensions and whatnot. Um, Batman, of course, uh, for me. Right. Um, let's see. Oh, it's a Spider Man. Yeah. Big, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I really, you know, of recent, I would say the DC stuff is like amazing. Get into the idea of like the Dark Knights, metal multiverses um collective unconsciousness this idea of bruce wayne being like the uh you know the underpinning of existence i mean there's so many gnostic threads going on out there those guys at dc right now are like phenomenal so anyway they're amazing they're amazing did you see the um they just they put out a movie last year called the lost justice league dark yeah i liked it yeah good one i liked it too it, did you see it yeah i did yeah multiple times it was hilarious. It was very esoteric. That was one thing. It was there was like so much weird shit, and I'm like, wow. Um, but uh, the, the, what did I want to say the as Batman encountered these supernatural things, he would look at it, he would observe it, and he would go, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was his line for like the first three quarters of the show. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was funny. Yeah, he's good. It was good. Oh, on this. On this, what do you think? Do you watch the series Gotham that has been out the last few years? I haven't. I haven't been able to keep up with that one. I've been trying to keep up with all the Netflix Marvel stuff, but um, Gotham has kind of fallen to the side. I've heard good it, things. I actually love it. I know people that really couldn't get past that first season or first two. And I, I thought it got canceled or something no something it's still happened. going and i find it absolutely remarkable I, I there's so much juicy under <laughs> underpinnings there and it's maintained all the darkness and all those weird esoteric subplots and i mean just looking on the at the back sets when they're in in either sets there's this stuff it's just plastered full of all the juicy good stuff and so i i'm a fan Definitely. And it's only gotten better. That's what I have to say. I remembered one thing I wanted to add to my rant over there. The character of John Constantine that was portrayed in the film Constantine was originally created by Alan Moore. Oh, yeah. And he... Pardon? Is that Swamp Thing? I think so. Where he created him? Yeah. And they extracted the character, whatever movie company it was, and made that movie completely without his knowledge, I think he said, <laughs> and definitely without his blessings. But it's nothing yeah. like what the character was supposed to be or is like, even. But yeah. It's, yeah. And, and if the listener is still on there about the comic books, check out Elmar's uh, Swan thing. I mean, it's, it's amazing. That was mind blowing, that kind of uh, material in a, in a comic book. 
Have you ever flown in a dream with your body only? I have not. All right. Have you ever looked into the history of the Indian mound you mentioned earlier? I have, yes. Um, actually, uh, just south of us, um, it's like the giants, the redheaded giants. Um, if you look up old Wisconsin newspapers uh, from like the turn of the century, you know, they dug up 10 foot, 11 foot skeletons, right? Um, they were scattered all over Southern Wisconsin. God knows how many other um, skeletons were found by like farmers and whatnot in this area and destroyed. But I don't know, it's a weird area. You know, you look into the idea of like the copper trade that went down to like Latin America, Southern America, um, place that, um, you uh, should mention like Aslan, right? I mean, the idea that there were this this group of white-skinned cannibals that terrorized all these Native Americans in this area. You know, I had no idea what was going on back then, but definitely different than what we're taught in school. Um, and Wisconsin is Iowa. Um, oh, yeah. And he, Suzanne's saying Egypt as well. That those, those red-headed giants got around, the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we'll never know, right? I mean, somebody knows, but nobody's going to like share that exactly what happened. You know, you know? what? I don't think it's... anybody knows. I don't think. No. Not even the Smithsonian, Jerry, where everything he, you know, seems to disappear. Yeah, I, I mean. Who knows? But I doubt it. I mean, if people have this information, it's going to leak out. That's the way I look at things. And if. Well, it's, but the, some of the stuff like the, the, in the, like specifically like the giants that have been found around Wisconsin and Iowa it, with, and with those Atzatman mounds and stuff, mm -hmm. that stuff Grand was- Grand Canyon giants too. Well, I'm just talking about the ones that were mm -hmm. around when I was young, it was talk and in that area. And um, the old timers always had stories about them, anyone that had farm family. And um, it was in the papers, they would always be, there'd be a farmer, plowing a you know a field and come across these big bones and it hit the papers and so and then you know the smithsonian would come in and wrap that up and that doesn't exist and then you know people like scott wolker from minnesota have been doing their best to expose this i think there's some narrative that is intentionally being washed over i so I don't know what's known, but I know that they're saying now, they had been saying for the majority of my life that stuff didn't exist. And yet there's old real paper on papers on real with the photos and old timer farmer stories and families. Uh, there's these. a fantastic illustration from the Battle of Gandahar <laughs> with the Air Force, with the dead giant. Oh, what story is that? No, uh, it's it's. The, I'll show you later. You, I mean, I'll, I'll get the link. You roboted the whole time. Oh, I said there's the whole story about the Battle of Kandahar with the giants. And oh yes, the yeah. Air Force or Marines or whatever the hell it was, Navy SEALs. Mm. Yeah, I mean, even like I mean, going back to like the Native American question, even down by Aslan, they'll say that there's like a pyramid beneath that lake. It's a Lake Mills, uh, Wisconsin. And there's pyramids there. Actually, um, I'm hoping to do this summer. I got on Steam it finally. I'm on Steam it. Jerry's on Steam it. And it's a total scam. It's, yeah. I, I, but write it while you can. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's, yeah. And uh, I kind of wanted to like visit um, Nick Redford had written about the idea of uh, the Mothman up by, it's about 
30 minutes north of us. It's called Trempolo Mountain. Um, and it's kind of on the Mississippi River. But what he didn't write about was the fact there are like two pyramids, um, like within two miles of that location where this Mothman creature has been seen. And nobody knows what the history of that is. I mean, people, you talk up in this little rural community, nobody knows. They think, you know, maybe Native American, maybe it was like farmers like messing around, but there are two legitimate pyramids, two earth mounds, um, earthworks that are up there that nobody talks about any idea where they came from. So I, you know, again, this whole area is just ripe with Native American mysticism and um, effigy mounds and whatnot. It's, uh, it's a, I'm in a lucky part of the country, honestly, experience that. Yeah, it's great. It's great and it's beautiful up there, especially, um, I know as cheesy as the Dells are, there's some really interesting stuff going on up there with the rocks. Ah, ha, ha, pun there. What? <laughs> cheesy Dells. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Yeah, <laughs> no pun intended. But it is totally cheesy. It really is. You can eat. <laughs> the Dells. All right. I think we're out of questions. Are you out of questions? I think we're out of questions. Yeah. James. All right. Well, um, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been awesome talking to you. Fantastic. So thank you. So I'm so appreciative for you doing this for us. And do you have anything to plug? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I would plug my website, but I'm currently under an SSL certificate lag. So everybody that visits it thinks that credit card is going to be compromised, even though I don't require a credit card, but if people want to like visit it. It's called sagesigma.com. Um, again, there's, there's going to be like a warning for the next eight days, but actually it works. Um, lots of Gnosticism, it works, Matria. Um, it works fine if you don't put HTTPS. Mm. <laughs> FYI. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, leave comments. There's a pretty good, uh, Good section of comments and feedback. People are, you know, really get into the Gnostic stuff. So I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm just figuring it out. And maybe over the course of the next 20 to 30 years, if I'm lucky to live that long, I'll you know, put something together that makes sense. But I'm kind of wandering uh, through the abyss, as it were, and seeing where yes. things take me. Yes, we all are. Stay on the line at, at, after, don't, don't hang for up a there. little bit after yeah. yeah all right well thank you everybody it's been great having you join us we appreciate okay. you listening uh be be sure to turn it uh, i cannot talk tonight be sure to tune in next week when we have trish gelder the intuitive spiritual numerologist she's awesome and i'm sure many of you in chat know who i'm talking about so that's all for tonight have a good one have a great week and we'll see you next week Thank you, everyone.